Hey, 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 you're now tuned in to Underdog Talk. I'm your host, Eric Jones Jr., the underdog with the heroic cart, and I have conversations with successful underdogs. And today I have Miss Katrina Sim. Sims? Simmons. Simmons. How are you doing today? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. I'm a little hot. It's hot outside today. <laughs> um, before we get into today's episode, tell you guys about the upcoming events for uh, Underdog Talk. We have a vendor event that we'll be at tomorrow, July 8th. Well, I guess this might be old. I might drop this today. I don't know. But uh, July 8th, uh, be over 50 vendors at P30 where we have the podcast and I'll be interviewing people. So... Um, you have a business, you're a successful woman, everything kind of looks like it's going good. Where was life at before that? What were you doing? Was this always your thought to be an entrepreneur or did it just come up like later in life? <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> I never, ever, ever thought I was going to be an entrepreneur. Um, I grew up and always thought that I would be going to law school. And that was always my passion. That was where I was in life. I knew I would always be going to law school. And, well, between that and being a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader, but I gave that part up later. (laughs) Are you still a Dallas Cowboy fan? No, I am not. I'm glad you gave that up. I'm glad you gave that up. I am definitely not. Um, But, yeah, so I went to college. I'm born and raised from Tennessee. It's a very small town um, called Elmwood. So I always say our claim to fame in Carthage is... I'm from where Al Gore's from, so Vice President Al Gore. So oh, he literally okay. grew up down the street from me. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but that's really about it. Very small town. Understand. Um, but I always had the ambition that I wanted to become an attorney. I wanted to practice law, um, and then graduated college with my criminal justice degree. Decided to move to Indy with my um, ex-husband and start our, our family and before we went to law school I wanted to know the inner workings and understand exactly the documentation and everything every part I could about law so I decided to go and get my paralegal degree um, since I already had a bachelor's didn't take long so it only took like nine months and I got that um, and then I took a pause for a second I worked in my career and you know life just takes over for a bit and I always say I've done every part of law known to man pretty much (laughs) without having to go to law school to be a JD. Um, I do have my master's in legal administration, so I've managed law firms. Um, I do almost everything an attorney can do minus going into the courtroom. So I'm not an active practicing attorney, um, but I am a legal representative and things of that nature. And even getting into my company, Gifted Minds, came much later. I started Gifted Minds in 2013, I think it was. Um, The year before, I had actually started a private investigation security company with my Mm ex-husband and knew nothing about business. I have no business background (laughs) at all. (laughs) I didn't even know how to write a business plan or anything. And I had people coming to me in my church asking me to review their business plan for a new startup company. And when I was going through it, I was like, well, this doesn't sound right. So I would go in, I revamp it, and I didn't give too much weight to it at first. And then I saw my ex-husband, he was interested in starting this security company, and I was like, let's do it. So I learned how to start a business from the ground up. Still, I was supposed to be the silent part. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was never supposed to be a part of anything else. Mm -hmm. And then 
in 2013, I always say God speaks to you at the times when you are most stressed out. <laughs> we have so much going on and you don't even know which way is up. And I remember having a conversation with a dear friend of mine. He had just started his own um, practice. He's a therapist. And he finally stepped out and started his own. I've been telling him to do this forever. And I remember sitting at my kitchen table, incredibly stressed, and it felt like God tapped me on the shoulder and said, I want you to help people to start their businesses. And I ignored that for a second. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, that's not happening. I don't even see that happening. Um, but it stuck with me for a bit. And then I was working, this was in January, I was working part-time doing taxes. And it was like 6 a.m. I'm driving out to uh, Mooresville to go do taxes. Um, and I remember it clear as day, like another bell went off. Your company is going to be called Gifted Minds. And your mission is to help people with their gifts, bring them to the world. I literally spoke that into the voice memo on my phone. <laughs> God has literally laid every piece of my business because I didn't know a thing about it, never wanted to have a business, always thought it was way too much trouble. I was going to be an attorney, have my own practice, of course, um, but I wanted to be on the Supreme Court. I didn't care anything else about trying to start any type of businesses. And then as we progressed in having gifted minds, I started on the nonprofit side. I was doing faith-based organizations and um, helping them to do fundraising, grants, um, really big on proper legal formation because a lot of times, you know, especially churches, they don't start properly. So I would go in and revamp. I was already doing this in my own church. And God told me I needed to just do that with, the, with other people. And I listened. And so when I formulated Gifted Minds, I started in that realm. But in about 2018... Um, I started considering retirement <laughs> from law because I was over it. I, like I said, have done every type of law. My ultimate goal was to be on the Supreme Court, but when I practiced, I wanted to do criminal defense and um, represent athletes, professional athletes. And before I retired, I was managing a criminal defense firm, and I did NFL concussion cases. So that told me, again, driving home one day, mm -hmm. that I'd done everything that I set out to do. It just looked different. And that was enough for me to realize that it was time to close, close that door on that side. And God was pushing me in a different direction. So in 2018, he, when I finally was like, okay, I'm going to do this, it took some time. Um, met a dear friend of mine who's my business partner. He really pushed me to help me with that because when I met him, he told me that he was already an entrepreneur, been doing it for about 13 years. And I said, you know, I would really love to do it full time like that. And he was like, well, I'm gonna help you get there. So within a year he did. And I was fully able and ready to do that. And when God calls you, he not only equips you, but he sends the people that you need around you too. Mm -hmm. So by the end of 2019, I was more than ready to come on out <laughs> and went straight into it and yeah scary moves especially going into a pandemic I didn't even know it was gonna happen yeah. but God is faithful and he did everything he said he was gonna do and I haven't missed feet so 
Uh, yeah. I love it. I love it. Because I think sometimes we uh, miss that voice or miss God telling us what to do. And we go on with our own plan and say, oh, I'm going to do it this way. And then you circle back around and you're at the same spot that you were at. So that's good that you, like, listen. So um, not to get into, like, church, but what – how do you – how do you – uh, did you was there any certain prayers? Was there any certain things you asked God, or it was just God like, hey, this is what I'm telling you? That was it. <laughs> it was hey, this is what I'm telling you, yeah. because you know you have to really hear that still small voice. Um, I yeah, I never, I wouldn't have known what to pray for mm-hmm. because that was never in my thought process. And during the time I was told that, like I said, I was going through a lot of personal issues. Um, I would have never thought in a million years that he would have tapped and said, you need to start a business right now. But he calls you during those times because it's to walk in trust and faith. And as I've grown, I have really learned (laughs) a lot to make sure that I listen well. So now I don't make a move until I am 100% positive that this is what God wants me to do. But that took time. That took growth to be able to hear that and understand that fully because oftentimes we will ignore that voice. Yeah. But God made it real clear when I was pondering retirement. I had first said I was going to retire at the age of 45, I think I said. Mm-hmm. And then, and at that time I was 35. Um, and then I'd scaled it back to say I was going to do it maybe at about 37. And it was so funny because in 2019, God was like, if you don't quit this job, I'm going to have you fired. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was just so clear. Like, he was like, I've already told you what you need to do. Mm-hmm. I, you're already ready to do this. It's walking out on that faith. And, you know, and but like I said, having people around you, because 2019, I lost my biological father. He passed away. I was handling all of his um, business stuff. He was an entrepreneur. And he and I had been talking about going into um, another business together later in life and things of that nature. And I figured out that that's where I'd really gotten my drive Mm -hmm. from when it comes to entrepreneurship was from him. Mm -hmm. And the last conversation that we actually had was talking business and understanding, you know, where that passion was really growing from. And when he passed away, that was my final, it's time. You need to go ahead and do this. Mm -hmm. So I feel like God spoke to me with so many different pieces. Not all of them were happy. Yeah. um, But I listened. And I, like I said, he told me if I didn't quit that job, he was going to get me fired. (laughs) And so I was like, you know what, let me go ahead and just come out of here. And then going into entrepreneurship during the pandemic, how, how was that? Because... Like, you had to be at home. You couldn't be around people. It was virtual. So, because a lot of people started businesses or started stuff. I definitely took advantage of starting a business, um, getting real focused on the podcast and things of that sort. So, how was it being a new entrepreneur in the middle of pandemic and trying to figure those things out? What, or could it, was it easier to maybe focus because we you couldn't go nowhere? Mm-hmm. It was actually... It actually skyrocketed my business Mm -hmm. because my business is formed around legal foundation of establishing a business. Mm -hmm. That's what Gifted Minds is all about now. Mm -hmm. Um, I put all of that legal background into the company when I redeveloped it. Mm -hmm. And 
I pulled from everything I'd known to help people be able to structure even their smallest of businesses in the way a corporation would. And so when the pandemic hit, um, there were only two months that I didn't make any revenue. That was January and February before we shut down. Mm -hmm. That was because of myself. <laughs> that wasn't because of anybody else. Because I was overthinking. I wasn't putting, I thought I had to have everything perfect. And it took push from my accountability partner to be like, you're not making any money. You need to do something to make yeah. money now um, to get it out there. And once I did it, and I started with my Sunday strategy sessions, my videos, giving those little tips, which were so uncomfortable at first. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but once I did that, skyrocketed. I met my revenue goal of six figures for 2020. I didn't miss a beat. And it was amazing because people did have the time. Yeah. They took the time that even if they already had a business, they were like, okay, now I need to get my stuff together. Yeah. And if they didn't have a business, they were like, okay, I'm ready to take some time to pivot out of corporate and put more time into my own stuff and become an entrepreneur. And so it really, really helps so much to be able to help people from the ground up either protect their legacy or expand that. And it's just been up since then. So question, um, how did you find the, those accountability partners? Were they already people you knew or was it you met them at an event or anything? How did you get those? <laughs> like, Because having an accountability partner for not just business, for life, just in general, is always a good thing. And I think as up-and-coming entrepreneurs, you always want to have somebody to keep you accountable because life going to punch you in the face, distract you, and Absolutely. then you're going to get off your whatever you're supposed to do. So how did you go about that? So mine was a little different <laughs> because my initial accountability partner, he still is, was um, my boyfriend at that time. Mm -hmm. um, so it, we started dating each other first. It was not business-related. But we saw that it melted together so easily and effortlessly. And he helped me propel that business forward like no other. Um, so most of the people that I was getting around me were connections through him to start. And I am so grateful to that because doing it by myself was much harder because I didn't know where to start. And I always say, when you start a business or you go full-time from corporate to entrepreneurship, that's a mental change, like a legit mental change. But it also is a physical change. Yeah. There's so many things you have to transfer and switch that is total. I had to change my wardrobe. I had to change the way I looked. You know, it's, it was a lot different. But I'm glad I had somebody that could help mold that because I wouldn't have known. And even going to networking events and whatnot, I'm, I'm not a person that is like uber social. <laughs> so I'm, I mean, it's hard. It was harder for me to break out of that shell to make those new connections. Mm -hmm. So I always say, go and listen to who God sends you. Most of my accountability partners <laughs> are male, and um, that's a big reason is because I think because of my personality type. So. I can go to them and I'm like, hey, I have this idea. They don't hesitate to tell me if I'm wrong. And I love that. Whereas sometimes some of my female friends, not so much all the time. I yeah. have a couple now, but not always. Yeah. But it usually you have to figure out who is going to make you feel the most uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. 
that's the person that you need to hold you accountable and make it vice versa. Make sure you're growing with one another. Um, but yeah, I did it a little unconventionally because it was a romantic partner. Um, and like I said, we have a business together. We still have a business together. Um, I have a business with my ex-husband. And everybody's like, how in the world do you have businesses with all your exes? Yeah. Like, just happens out that way. <laughs> but, uh, but no, it's, it's good because starting new entrepreneurship or in there full time, you have to wipe the slate clean. Yeah. And it gets a little lonely at first. Yeah. <laughs> I tell people that a lot. Ooh, I'm like, lovely. that's a big undertaking when you're going into entrepreneurship. Even coming out of corporate into it or just starting a new side gig or whatever, not everybody's going to support you. And especially nope. your friends and your family are not. Yep, they not. Like, that's just what it is. So I have gotten to a place now where I have a more expanded circle of people mm-hmm. that are in entrepreneurship and different businesses or in different industries. But that took a while to build. It took a long while to build because yeah. not every shoe fits. Yeah. Not every personality type fits. And you have to be very careful with your ideas and your business because that's your baby. Not everybody's going to treat it the same. So you have to have people around you that look at your stuff just as much as they would look at theirs in the same light. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely. I like what you said. Uh, get around somebody that's going to make you uncomfortable. And it's not to make you uncomfortable where you shouldn't work. It's like, well, I'm over here. Like, it's like if you go, you want to be a millionaire, you get to hanging around a millionaire, and you see what they're doing, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm supposed to be doing that, and <laughs> exactly. you ain't doing it. It's making you uncomfortable because there's certain habits that you're supposed to. And I don't know, with me, like, I got male and female, like, accountability partners, but I think for me, a male works more than a female for me, too, mm-hmm. because I don't know. I feel like I can out sweet or out talk, you know. Or talk to, um, <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so I think it's just finding out who's best for you and who who will put their foot on your neck in a good way. Yeah. And <clears throat> so I had a basketball game yesterday. Our team lost, and I was getting on one of the players. And he was like, he felt embarrassed because the other people was laughing. I was like, don't worry about what they got to say. I'm telling you what you could have done better, what you did good, what you could have done, so you can be better the next game. And he was looking at it wrong he got upset and he uh said something he shouldn't have said and we kind of got into it and then he texted me he was like and i texted him i "I just want you to be better like i'm gonna come at you that way because i know you're listening Mm -hmm. and you don't worry about what your friends say because that's entrepreneurship if you worry about what your friends say if you waiting for your auntie (laughs) to buy your book if you waiting for somebody to sign up for something that you grew up with you're gonna be waiting forever and ever it just doesn't happen and i think a lot of entrepreneurs don't know that at first you're like oh i got this little business yeah all my friends no (laughs) because your friends aren't that audience no they might not not like that that little uh side that you have that's uh a little corny or whatever those people are out there, but they might not be your friend or however you look at exactly. it. And, yeah, entrepreneurship is hard. And it's like you said, at first it'd be lonely because <laughs> everybody, they, you have some people that's trained and they just like nine to five. Nothing wrong with a nine yeah. to five, but entrepreneurs, and it's like, I don't really want to go there. Even when you're at your nine to five, you're doing other stuff. Yes, I definitely are. have been at jobs on the computer like I'm doing that's something else. That's how I built two businesses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because... If you're giving that company that you go to all your time, you're never going to build your own exactly. thing. So you got to, some some point, figure out how you can do it on, on your own. So 
you got your business, you rolling, you said you was making six figures, you're doing everything. Was there a moment once you started entrepreneurship where you said, nah, I'm good. I think I'm going to just go back to what I was doing. <laughs> Woo, last year. <laughs> so um, last year was very humbling for me because my revenue dropped substantially. Um, big reason was because I came out of my security company and gave it to my ex-husband. Um, it was just too much to try to do and went back into gifted minds, but it's a recession now. Mm -hmm. We have people scaling back mm -hmm. and I'm not recession proof. So it was more so how can I pivot other than how am I going to go back? Because I knew in my mind, I am not going back to anybody's office. I'm not clocking it at nobody's desk. That's not happening. So I looked at it as, what do I want to do that would make me still happy and give me a cushion that wouldn't take up all my time? And so I started doing different applications. I was applying for some part-time work, um, various things in the legal world. And in January, I got a hit, and I this is a job I didn't even apply for, for a beer hops company out of uh, Washington State. Mm. And they wanted, they were looking for somebody to manage their legal department and um, all of their contracts. And so I went with it. I was like, okay, this is cool. Part-time work and great salary. I was like, hey, I can do that. Um, got the job. Mm -hmm. So I managed the legal department of the company is called John Haas. And I am literally the legal department. This company is about 99 years old. <laughs> um, they have companies, offices here in the US, in Australia, and the UK. Um, and I manage all of their contracts from my little house. <laughs> um, get all the great benefits, love it, fantastic. And I was like, that was a blessing because I have a cushion and I still get to do what I want to do. I can work today if I want to. I can work at midnight if I want to. Um, it's just completely up to me. But I love the fact I'm learning so much, especially negotiating contracts in Germany and all these other countries with major corporations. Like, you know, you think of any type of beer company and Hasbush, you know, Mich Michelob. I get to do all of that. Um, and I love it. I love the doors that it opens up because I'm getting even better information to now sell in my business. Mm -hmm. So the contracts that I construct, I tell them what they need. And then I look at things and I'm like, okay, how can I apply this to some of my clients to sell? Mm -hmm. It just further grows. So in my opinion, it's not about going backwards because my accountability partner now, he and I were having this discussion um, it's not about going backwards. It's about creating a place or a cushion for yourself to where you can still do the thing that you're called to do, mm -hmm. but you're not stressing yourself out financially to take care of home. And it's humbling. It is definitely humbling. Like I said, the past year was hard. It was not easy. It was frustrating because you're working incredibly hard. And you're like, okay, but I'm still not getting where I need to get to. You go from making almost 50K a month to barely scraping with five. Now <laughs> you're like, mm. okay, now we got a big difference here. Yeah. You know, so 
you just have to think about it as how can I pivot in a way that's still going to focus on what God has called me to do and what is still going to help me to grow. Don't think ever about that is making me fall backwards. Don't think about shelving it. It just may be a pause sometimes because sometimes you may have to be like, okay, I can't fully do it this way right now, so I'm going to go hard over here for a second, but I'm coming back. Always go back to it. Make sure you don't leave it behind because, like I said, God will make it uncomfortable if you get too comfortable. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, that's definitely true. Like I like that you have to pivot. Um, I had to do that with the with the podcast because I started off with a phone and I got a laptop. Then I'm seeing everybody put the uh, the videos and stuff, so I'm like, okay, I need to get get a studio. No, I made a commitment to do a podcast every uh, episode every week. It was virtual, and then this year I was like, I'm gonna get a studio. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Okay. That's She's cool. the only daughter, but she loves being the favorite. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I, I can edit. Uh, so I went, um, had the computer, seen every, uh, went virtual, and then I was like, I need a studio. So I get a studio. Studio's perfect, but now I pivot to a different one because there's more of a team. Mm-hmm. Things that, you know, uh, I'm in a place where there's events that people come to that look like me that mm-hmm. I can network and stuff. So it's always smart to pivot because sometimes your business is going to take that hit or things ain't going to go right you got okay what do I need to do because sometimes people get scared and want to go back to work and it's Mm -hmm. like going back to work ain't going to do nothing now the income will help you but your time is just getting taken away that's like uh, I'm in the school system and if I get the job I won't be in the classroom so I'll still have time I'll still be able to do what I need to do with the kids but I have time for myself as well not having to when you're a teacher, you don't got time for nothing. Exactly. It's like, it'll drain you out. So it was very hard doing the podcast, being a dad, and being a teacher. It's like, yeah, I need to make, I want to be in the schools and help kids, but I need to be able to do something else because this is too stressful. <laughs> like, I would come home every day and want to take a nap. Yeah. I'm like, uh, yeah, this ain't it. So I understand. So entrepreneurs, one entrepreneurs that's listening, like, you got to make pivots. You can't, it's not always going to be a straight path. It's going to be, you got to make a left turn. You might got to make a U-turn to go back around and make a right turn, Mm -hmm. whatever it may be. So um, your business, it's been, what, five years, four years? No, actually, I started it in 2012, 13. Oh, so that's more. So with... I just didn't really utilize it like that until about 2018. Okay. So what is... What was the goal when you first started, and has that goal changed of what you want your business to be? Yeah, well, some of it. Some of it has changed. Um, So as far as when I started, like I said, I was in the nonprofit sector more, and I was formalized more around what nonprofits need versus for-profit companies. But then I started noticing more and more for-profit people kept coming to me. Um, So that was really a big surge of the push. But then also considering my legal background itself, I have an endless resource of information and I know how to not only legalize your business, but make sure that nobody can take it. I know how to make sure you can franchise and expand it. 
So I wanted to be able to do that in a way that would help small businesses in general, especially our people, people mm -hmm. of color, because we will start a hustle like no other. We all have a, there's not a single black person I know that doesn't have a hustle of some type. Mm -hmm. So when I hear about your hustle, the first thing I say is we don't have hustles, we have businesses. Mm -hmm. So let's get this thing together. So that is always my drive to what I do now. I built my Gifted Minds model um, on the Bishop T.D. Jakes model because I went to his pastors in leadership conference in 2012, I think it was, and mind-blowing, changed my life. <laughs> it was so amazing because I got to see the inner workings of how he built both Potter's House and T.D. Jakes Enterprises. Mm -hmm. And that's what changed how I wanted to form Gifted Minds from the top down. And I still stick with that, of creating that enterprise. So, like I said, I have other ventures outside of Gifted Minds. Gifted Minds is, of course, my legal business consulting and strategy, but I have also now constructed Gifted Enterprises, and that's a team of people that comes with that. So I have a videographer, a photographer, brand strategist um gosh a, a team <laughs> and we come together and have packages built for the person that is ready to start at this level mm -hmm. and take it up another notch um, without having to go to 15 people um, and then i have other business ventures that i've started with other partners so it's branching more and more but i'm still focused in the way that i want to make sure i'm creating a legacy for my entire family and I'm making sure I'm doing that by still living and walking in my purpose of helping people to bring those gifts to the forefront, protecting their gifts, legalizing their gifts. Um, so it, it changed, but it didn't because I'm still following what God told me to do. I just took out some of the services and now I just have consultants that I send the service to. So I always tell people, if somebody comes to you, especially if you're a consultant and they're asking, hey, I need to get this done, Never tell them no, or I don't do that. You always say, you know what? Let me see what I can find out. Because that doesn't shut the door for you. It opens the door of opportunity. Because we can always find somebody yeah. for that person. So that means they're gonna come to you more often with other people that are gonna be like, hey, you know, this person helped me find this. I know they can help you. Yep. I get that from realtors hairstylist, you name it. I, I like, once you're my client, you're my client for life, is what I always say, because there's not a time you won't need a person like me in your business. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter how long you've had the business, doesn't matter how old the business is, there's never a time that you haven't, you won't need legal in your business. So, having those relationships, because I love each and every one of my clients, um, those things are substantial to me because I know that I'm adding that value. I'm helping them see that their dreams can be great and it doesn't have to change because they can build the same type of enterprise that I'm trying to. I love that. I love that. So, um, I definitely going to need to um, uh, get in contact with you. <laughs> but uh, I always ask my um, guests to give three tips. I would say give three tips on what you just were just saying, because uh, growing up in our community, everybody got a hustle, everybody doing something, but everybody ain't legal. And I think that's where, not so much now, but 
maybe a few years ago when people started doing entrepreneurs it's like oh it's a hustle just a hustle but then you don't have that legal and then the IRS come or some, something else happened or you done made up a name and you didn't get it copyrighted <laughs> and now you gotta owe some people so I think that's that's very big um, to know that part so give people that are entrepreneurs just starting up maybe first year entrepreneurs three tips of what they should be doing what they should do legally absolutely well first and foremost legal formation get the business legally formulated and one size fits all LLCs are not always it <laughs> so I know we see that all the time mm -hmm. is that you know and that's great I love people showing their LLC certificates and whatnot that's fantastic however it's not always the best choice I've had people that come to me and they'll be like, well, I started this and I changed it over to this and I'm doing this S Corp now and I'm going to change it to C Corp and I'm like, why? It's just you, why? <laughs> You're yeah. not even making any money yet. You're yeah. putting yourself in a position to be double taxed for no reason. Mm -hmm. So know exactly what suits you best for your business and your industry because if you don't have it set up correctly, you do run into those problems of... How am I going to pay these taxes? Am I paying the correct taxes? And things like that. That's number one. Number two, contracts. Get everything in writing. <laughs> There's never a time you want to be out here with any type of business. I don't care if it's selling skin care. You need a receipt and a disclaimer. You know, so get it in writing. Make sure you have a contract for anything that is sold, a publication, if you have a website, anything. Business owners, get a contract. I push that so much because, again, we'll just jump out there and I'm like, okay, so where's the contracts? Partnerships are a huge thing. I just did a live about this on Sunday. And, you know, it's one of those things that I'm like, just because you're besties, just because you're all family, <laughs> doesn't mean that you don't need a contract. Yeah. Get your contract. <laughs> And then third, I would definitely say stop using your business, your, your bank account, your personal account as your business account mm -hmm. or vice versa. Make sure that you're making business purchases out of that business account and personal purchases out of the personal. And the number one question, well, how do I pay myself? Owner's draw or put yourself on payroll if you are making a consistent amount of money. But whatever transfers you're making, Make it from the business to yourself. Market as payroll. There you go. Paper trail. But stop going to Ruth Chris and, you know, partying up at the club and using your business account or going to the Pacers game. No, no. So be careful with those things. Those are my top three because they all go back to the same thing. Legal for your taxes. Legal for protection. Mm -hmm. Legal for your legacy. Yep. Because if you're not doing any of those things, then you're not going to be able to have a successful business with longevity. Yep, that, I've, I've heard all those things because I've had a trademark lawyer on, and I learned some stuff with that. So, yeah, because uh, I heard somebody say if the, to make the paperwork, you got to have the paperwork. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, because you see a lot of, especially like back in the day, a lot of um, artists, they you would Absolutely. think they were making all this money and they weren't making nothing because they didn't have the right people to get to, to handle their... those contracts. If you don't know what it says, do not sign it. Yep. I tell people this all the time, and just because you print it off Google does not mean 
that that template is fantastic yeah. and it, and it meets your industry yeah. because again these things are not one size fits all yeah you know I teach a lot of courses on this um, the trademarking copywriting I teach a lot of educational courses of how to do this what to look for same with writing your contracts how to do this what you need to have in there to make it even legal like a lot of people don't understand that especially with a partnership agreement there's so much that goes into that that you can sometimes skate over and not fully understand for yourself yeah so you've got to be able to understand what that looks like even working for a major co corporation like I am now mm -hmm. it blows my mind how they oftentimes don't know the difference between some of the agreements that need to be prepared to negotiate some of these deals mm -hmm. I have to tell them this, these things even with other counsel in other states and it's a lot of the times because they don't take the time to think about it but also not every attorney knows business law yeah. so because I have the legal part and that administration part for a law office I work with a ton of attorneys I build law firms I know how to do that from the front to the back I teach them the same type of processes everything that I've learned to do in a law firm is easily transposed over to the regular small business owner and working with both sides of it makes things so much better because when I do have clients that need litigation or they have issues or any other type of concerns I have a ton of referrals that'll be like hey I got this going on here I have great people in my network on that side because I've been in it for over 16 years so you do definitely build a great network of people but now I get to partner with them on the business side mm -hmm. um, so I have a couple of things I'm working on on that that I'm excited about coming up too so before you tell everybody how they can reach you, um, I need a quote. I always ask guests to quote. It could be your quote. It could be a quote you saw, but something that could um, help an inspiring entrepreneur. Ooh, I have to think on that for two seconds. <laughs> like, you got me with that one. Oh. You know, I'm going to keep it very simple. What you do now is enough because a lot of times we don't celebrate the small victories and especially as entrepreneurs we'll think that you know we have so much going on and we never catch our breath and I have learned that stressing myself out on invisible deadlines that nobody else knows about is not it <laughs> so stop making these unrealistic expectation lists for yourself you are enough and you're doing enough so just be enough. And each day there is a victory in that day. Doesn't matter even if you just checked an email or responded to a post. That's still a victory in that day. But do something every day in your business. One thing every day. Because you have to as an entrepreneur. You can't have, like you said, you can't have that nine to five mentality to set it down on the table because that's not the way it works. You'll be up at 2 a.m. like, oh my gosh, I thought about this. Here, yep. let me put this down. You know. That's that consistency you have to grow into and make sure you have. Um, but make sure that you're doing it. Just keep moving. Yep. Do it every day. But you are enough to make sure that you are making those wins. So. Uh, thank you. Because as an entrepreneur and on the move, you, you do, you forget. Because then life happens and just little wins do, do matter. Sometimes you don't sit down and pat yourself on the back. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, so let everyone know how they can reach you, and then I, I still don't 
I always say a closing word. It made me think of church. But, uh, <laughs> closing them, remarks. Yeah, closing <laughs> remarks. But, uh, tell everybody how they can reach you and then just uh, yeah, I got you. get us out of here. <laughs> well, you guys can reach me at, um, on all social media handles at Gifted Minds, LLC, and um, on LinkedIn at Katrina Simmons. Um, I am in the process, and hopefully by the end of this month, we'll have my new website launched with all the courses and all of that. But every Sunday, I host what I call my Sunday strategy sessions. So you can access those as well as my new upcoming podcast series about the Sunday strategy sessions. Those will be dropping in August. Um, so a lot of new great things are on deck Um but yeah, so I am so excited. Thank you so much for allowing me to come on and speak. It's been such a great pleasure. And if you ever need to get legal, <laughs> you know, I am your girl. So yeah. like I said, keep your business and your safe legal. <laughs> and on that note, keep being great. I'm the underdog with the heroic card. I'm Eric Jones Jr. I have to keep pushing for my kids. If I give up, what's that leave them with? Nothing. I have to understand that it's bigger than me. That it's not about me when I wake up and go to work. It's not about me when I read and educate myself. It's not about me when I'm practicing my speeches. It's not about me. It's about my family.